Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you could be prepared to win the battle for business. Now, listen, I know you're out there. You're closing deals. You're making money. You're turning prospects into profits. So I've got to make it worth your while. That's why I have on the kinds of guests that you can listen, learn, and earn from. Today's guest, no exception. So as always, thanks for sharing some of your time with me today. And of course, a special thank you to our sponsor, Corbett Public Relations, where they've been promoting and protecting businesses and brands for over 30 years. So hey, do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T-P-R.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. Now, today, I am tackling the topic of delegation. That's right, delegation. Now, you might be thinking, Tim, that's, that's maybe not too sexy of a topic, and maybe on the surface you could be right. But let's not forget this. It doesn't always take sexy to make money. Sometimes you got to be smart to make money. And I can tell you, delegating or not delegating can be the difference between happy and unhappy customers, closing deals, not closing deals, and winning the battle for business or not winning the battle for business. So delegation and delegating goes from not just being uh, a smart idea, but I think it's kind of sexy if you want my opinion. Because I know from my own personal experience, I know from the experience of my own clients who are small business owners, their managers, their executives, so many of them, and I'll even let myself into this, are awful when it comes to delegating. And if you are one, if you are a business owner, if you are a sales manager, maybe this sounds familiar to you. Oh, yeah, I, I don't have the time to train them how to do that report. It's faster if I do it myself. Who's better than me to do this? And so on and so on are the excuses as to why we shouldn't delegate. But if you fall prey to that mentality, what happens is you will be that business owner whose calendar will be filled with what I call non-MGAs. MGAs, you ask? Money-generating activities. So if you have a team, you shouldn't delegate. It's in my opinion that you must delegate. And again, it's not an easy topic because if it were so easy, we'd all be doing it. And there's lots of great reasons that we should be doing it and that we must be doing it. And that's why I want to tackle the topic today. And we're not just going to tackle it, but I actually have a delegation expert. That's right. Delegation expert on today is the guest. She's Jenna Spencer. She's the founder of Assist Pro and Delegation Works. And I'm very excited myself to learn, but also for you, the listener, to learn, because Jenna is going to share a number of great strategies and reasons why you shouldn't just delegate, but it's something that you must do as the business owner. Delegation's got to be a part of the mix. So it's a pleasure to have on board the Profit Express, Jenna Spencer. Jenna, how are you today? Hi, Tim. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, listen, I, I'm excited to have you. I never thought I'd be so excited about a topic like delegation. Uh, we don't always <laughs> think it's, no, no, really, it's, it's, it's not always maybe a sexy topic, topic but I, I said, I've seen it in myself and in, in my clients. So many of us are bad with delegating. And mm -hmm. that's why, you know, when I came across your, your information, I, I saw you, you know, out there on social. I want to invite you in. 
But before we get into delegating and into, you know, what is your wheelhouse and your area of expertise, on the show, I always like to kind of have my guests share the stories to how they started their business. So maybe we could start with that and the story. I think it goes back to 2013 and that Craigslist ad that you responded to. Take us <laughs> back to that. Yeah. So to paint the picture, I was pregnant with my third child mm -hmm. and I was driving 45 minutes each way to work in corporate banking. And I was dropping my kids off 10, 11 hours a day somewhere else. And I was just like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I pictured for myself. And right. I did not realize that I was an entrepreneur or a visionary and started applying for jobs, work from home. So as you can imagine, like working virtually is commonplace now because of COVID. But back then it was, you know, insurance, it was sales, it was, you know, direct sales, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I ran across a Craigslist a Craigslist ad in another state. And I was like, hey, I'll drive to your state once a month, you know, whatever I need to do. I really want to work from home. And it turned out to be two EOS implementers. So the entrepreneurial operating system. And mm -hmm. six months into working for them, they said, hey, we really need great assistance for the other coaches who are trained on this process. Have you ever thought about having your own company? And I'll never forget standing in my kitchen one night talking with my husband. And I thought, you know, I've got all these friends reaching out to me saying, what are you doing? You seem happy. You have more time with your children. You're working from home. And in that moment, I knew that I had to do this because there was an opportunity and I could pay this opportunity forward, not only to helping clients, but also to the other moms that I knew that wanted to work from home. And so just like that, in an instant, I decided to do it. So, it's a Craigslist ad. It's for an assist, a virtual assistant role for two EOS. Um, you, you said they're, they're implementers. Is, was that the term, if I got that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, implementers. And that's entrepreneurial operating system is, is, is the name of, of, of the process. So you're working from them. It's remote. It kind of, you know, it, it answers the work-life balance situation that you were in, you know, mother of three. And then yes. they actually had the idea, hey, you know what? You're so good at what you do. We need more of you to be, you know, to fill that assistant role for yes. other coaches. And a business is born. Yes. Yes. Wow. So they are two of my most, I mean, they are my mentors and they have given me so much advice along the way. Um, and they were so instrumental in my professional development. Um, growth journey. You know, before that, I was just, I thought the definition of success was a corporate position with a 401k and PTO and, you know, <laughs> all the things, a salary position. Like that's right. what I thought was the definition of success, you know, wherever I picked up that story. And so, but interestingly, I was raised around entrepreneurs and my mother was a sales director with Mary Kay from the time that I was a baby. And she called me her free car baby. She's always driven a free car. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and Mary Kay was a very, and, I mean, she was a dynamic female entrepreneur way before her time. And sure. so it was just so interesting how all of that worked out because they started that professional development journey for me. They started giving me books to read and, you know, really giving me opportunity and exposing me to, um, you know, their circle and all these amazing things. And so it just took like fire. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. And it's so crazy to think about how much I've changed in the last eight years. It's crazy. Wow. So, so then did, 
to talk about your mo- mother for a moment. So she was with Mary Kay. Did, did she drive a pink Cadillac? Yes. Was that was that the car? Oh, yes. Many years in a pink Cadillac. <laughs> That's oh, We could do a whole show on Mary Kay. What an amazing organization. Um, so your, your story as to how you started, I love it. It's a great one. You know, it's, you know as, as the saying goes, necessity is a mother of invention. You, you needed a, a, a different opportunity yes. for, for your career, and you found it. And these, these two folks over at EOS kind of you know, g- gave you the idea and the genesis for what is now Assist Pro and Delegation Works. So now, okay, let's let's dive into delegation and delegating. On the surface, yes. a business owner, a manager, any adult understands why delegating makes sense, right? You're taking the tasks mm-hmm. off my plate that I don't want to deal with. You're freeing me up to do what I do best. Then why do so yes. many people have a hard time doing it? Great question. So we have some of the classic answers, which is what you gave earlier, right? It's easier Mm. for me to do it. I can do it faster. Um, You know, in the assistant world, which is where I'm at, there is a very strong emotional tie to delegating. Because when someone is taking on an assistant, most times you're delegating things that you've been doing for yourself. So you're delegating your email, your calendar, your time. And so there's a lot of trust that has to be placed in that person to do those things. And so mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like the one of the biggest pieces is having the right fit and having the right person support you. And I think that that even extends into either delegating into a department, delegating to others, delegating to an assistant. But I think there's a strong emotional tie to delegating because all the what ifs. What if it doesn't get done the right way? What if it doesn't get done how I'm I normally do it? And what, you know, I'm ultimately like responsible for those things. So I think there's an emotional tie to delegation that a lot of people don't think about at the surface level. So I th- I think that, you know, you, you said there's an emotional component and you're very right. I happen to agree 100% on that. And, you know, like ego and people think they can do it better. But then also, you know, the trust factor, because you're, you're letting an individual, mm-hmm. you know, have access to your calendar, to emails. You know, there's obviously, you know, sensitive material, sensitive information that they have access to. Um, so these are all real issues. So when somebody comes to you, Right. And like, OK, you know what? I've, I've, I, I'm just drowning. I need help, which I can imagine you probably hear pretty, pretty, pretty often. Yes. If, I, if I had <laughs> if I had to, you know, yes. please, Jenna, help. Right. So yes. h- how can you you know, it, it's more than your service is more than just providing the assistant. You know, I know you, you match up the right assistant with the person. We could talk about that in a little bit. But then also, as I was preparing for today's show, I thought it was interesting do you kind of give your clients guidance into what tasks they should delegate and shouldn't delegate? Absolutely. So we have a couple of tools that we've created along the way, but Mm -hmm. essentially it starts with a brain dump, 
you know, what is your wish list of what you would like someone to manage for you? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people think there's a lot of things that they should delegate because other people delegate them. But you're absolutely right. For each person, it's different. And there are things that you should delegate and there are things that you shouldn't delegate. Because for some people, let's just use email, for example, for some people, you should not delegate your email because it is too sensitive. It is very important to you. And if you're not at that place yet, there are many other things that you could delegate that will have a much bigger impact than getting stuck on, well, I should delegate my email and it's not working. So you really have to decide what's important for you to delegate because mm -hmm. that's what's going to work for you and that's what's going to be best for you specifically. So it's funny. So as you're saying that, and that's a very important point. Because if you give the wrong task to the assistant and you, you get frustrated and then you end up saying, oh, this doesn't work, delegation doesn't work, the assistant doesn't work, uh, it kind of kills the whole opportunity for you. So really getting and Absolutely. deciding which of the, yeah, yeah, deciding the right task is critical in the beginning. Absolutely. So now, oh, my gosh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say, absolutely. I mean, understanding for yourself what are the right tasks to delegate and what you're not ready to delegate or what does mm -hmm. not work for you is absolutely mm -hmm. vital to being successful with delegation. Because you're right, it can crash and burn and then you're scarred and don't want to delegate anything. But the <laughs> fact is, everyone has different things that they should and shouldn't delegate. And we see that all the time too, right? With right. Our clients, it's like, well, but I should delegate this. I should delegate. I need to get this off my plate. And it's like, well, hold on a second. If that's not going to work for you, then that's not the right answer for you. So Right. Right. No, that's a very good point. So then, all right. So you obviously have the business. You're the founder of, of Assist Pro and Delegation Works. So, you know, I know you have a team and, you know, you like any other business, you're out there selling your services. Of course, we all are. How, you know, you're at a conference and you're talking to one of the people attending the conference at a breakout session or over lunch, et cetera. How do you sell them? on why delegating is so important, why your services are so important? Mm. So the 30,000 foot view is that's why I created Delegation Works because having the right delegation for each individual is different and a virtual mm. executive assistant is not the right fit for everyone. And so I first wanted to acknowledge that. So I created Delegation Works to help people understand delegation is so important. So when I'm talking to people about delegation, it's helping them to understand that when you delegate, you are making an investment into your business. You're making an mm -hmm. investment into your leadership and you're making an investment into your future growth. Because when you're able to delegate and delegate effectively, you're adding horsepower to yourself. You're adding horsepower to your business. You are adding capacity to your calendar. I have never met a leader who's like, hey, I need to fill up 10 hours on my calendar every week. <laughs> you know, we are all at capacity. We all need more time. We all need to be more efficient. So when you can grasp that delegating and delegating at the right level too, right? I can talk about that. There's different ways to delegate. So you can delegate well and you can delegate very badly. Um, but it's all about understanding that when you delegate, one, it's an investment, two, it creates that horsepower and it frees up the capacity for you as a leader and for others in your organization as well. Well, first of all, I love the word horsepower. 
you know, that, that, that alone got my attention. You know, it's, it's freeing up the calendar horsepower, <laughs> obviously. Um, so now, let, let me go back because I'm kind of, you know, intrigued on the topic of the right tasks and the wrong tasks. And I just want to make sure we got that. So, you know, I think you said, you know, sure. email might not be the right task because of its sensitivity, um, which makes sense. Um, are there other tasks like, like what would be the one or two tasks that's a no brainer to delegate and the one or two tasks that you should really be careful before you delegate? That could be interesting for the listener. Mm, that is a great question. So the things that you should absolutely delegate in my opinion mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. one, your calendar management because your time is your most prized possession in business and having someone to protect your time and to manage your calendar effectively is so powerful. Um, I know a lot of leaders, myself included, we're the first ones to sacrifice our own time if we're in charge of our calendars. Sure, I can fit that in. Sure, no problem. But when we have a really great person managing our calendar, they are able to fit things in like a puzzle and they're able to be more streamlined, think farther ahead and really protect our time. So so the calendar is really a no-brainer for me when I go to, to tell people to delegate. Um, mm -hmm. The other is follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up. So we mm -hmm. help a lot of busy leaders, a lot of you know, coaches, consultants, myself, the fortunes in the follow-up. If you have someone helping you to manage your pipeline, manage all those follow-ups, being that pleasantly persistent person, helping it stay on your radar, that's an absolute must and can really have the biggest effect on your bottom line through who you're delegating to. Um, things that you should not delegate. So I want to be able to give you like a specific item that you should not delegate. But what I want to say here is from an emotional perspective, if mm -hmm. you do not feel like you can hand that item off and create a process and trust that it's being handled and it's something that you're going to stress over and worry about and always have your hands in, then you do mm -hmm. not need to delegate it. Because like you said earlier, all it's going to do is stall the process and it's going to it's going to slow things down and you're not going to be able to trust it anyway, no matter who takes it. So I would say if there's anything that you're concerned about in that area, okay. um, I would not delegate it. That, that's that that's a good way of looking at it because there are those emotional attachments and listen you know and i know it, it could be an excuse right because business owners they're holding on to it but again as we're talking about it True. if they have if they have success with the calendar for example and then they kind of build that trust perhaps they can let go of some of those emotional ties and and down the road and kind of you know delegate some of those yeah. emotional components and what right. I would say just to follow up on that, oh, absolutely. And what I would say to follow up on that is there are certain aspects of almost everything that you can delegate. So mm -hmm. you don't have to fully delegate and let go. You could also delegate to a certain point, and then you could have that final sign-off or that final say before something is executed. Um, I would also say that when you have the right person Mm -hmm. delegating or you're delegating to the right person, then you actually can delegate a lot more than you thought you could. So effective delegation to me, there's a, there's a process for that and there's an equation. So it's the right fit plus the right process equals delegation mastery. And so when you have that right person for you, it really makes all the difference because if the trust is there, 
you're willing to give them a lot more than you thought you could. So for me, for example, with my assistant, I never wanted to delegate my email. I own a delegation company and I wasn't comfortable delegating my own email. <laughs> but once I found, well, once I found the right assistant for me, now I completely trust her and I'm like, okay, just let me know what I need to answer in my email. I'm not even really sure. So when you have that right fit, and if you're nervous to delegate, I would say just start with something that you're not nervous about, that you are completely comfortable <laughs> delegating and build up to it. And then you can delegate some aspect of almost everything. Then the possibilities are endless. So th then once you kind of, once you have that trust, once you feel comfortable, then it's kind of, it's like creativity as, as far as just, you know, what, what can you offload versus what you can't and, and, and it kind of evolves from there. <clears throat> so you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, talking about the assistant, which of course this is what it comes down to. It's a Sys Pro. You delegate to the assistant, um, and they're virtual by the very nature of your business. So let me ask you this then, because obviously not every assistant is right for every person. I, am, am I right in saying that? Yes. Okay. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. So then, and I'm sure you have a process for it, but in general, in general. You know, because you, you have to vet these people, you bring them on, in, you know, to work for you, um, who in turn work for your clients. What do you look for in character traits, in behavior traits, as to somebody who could make a good assistant? Hmm, that is a great question. I don't want to give away all my trade secrets, but <laughs> I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> You're just telling me, don't worry. So, it's good. Yeah, just you, just between us. Yeah. Um, so I would say someone who is very type A. So someone who is type A, who likes mm -hmm. details, mm -hmm. who likes follow-up, someone who has a heart of service. So someone who, you know, likes to serve others, likes to take care of others. And then obviously you do need the skill set to be an assistant, right? You need someone that's great at follow-up, that's great at details and those types of things. But I would say that it really comes down to soft skills. It comes down to um, the soft skills and the communication and wanting to do follow-up and wanting to have that harder service. But then mm -hmm. it also comes down to when you're looking to match a client and an assistant together, what is that client's communication style? What's their relationship building style? Because the type of assistant that's a great fit for me is not a great fit for my operations director and vice versa. So it really mm. comes down to each individual leader. And then it's also, I mean, you do have your subset for assistance, but I would say that soft skills and resourcefulness always went out. Um, because even when I was starting as, as an assistant, it's like, well, I can YouTube anything. I can figure out anything. There's YouTube videos for everything. So if someone that's really resourceful right. is all, and someone that's a fast learner, you know, high critical thinking skills is always going to win out. Okay. No, that, that's certainly a, a very appealing picture that you just drawn right there. <laughs> um, and it, like you said, like a, a, a plus a, a type personality, you know, follow-up is key. There's, there's, you know, money in the follow-up. Um, but also the soft skills, being able to relate with show empathy to clients, very important. Um, so now you've been in business since it's what, 2013, you said, uh, 2014. Oh, tw 14. Okay. Oh, that's right. You answered the ad in 2013. Okay. So let me ask you out, out of all your years in business, the, you know, tons of clients you've worked with successfully, 
is there a transformation story? Now, you don't have to share their name, obviously, but is there a transformation story that somebody came to you and they were a hot mess? They wouldn't delegate. They knew they had to. And then just going through the process, you know, they, they ended up seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and have had great success. Hmm. Those are my favorite stories. Oh, my gosh. Um, so one client is coming to mind who is a fairly recent client, came on in the last year or so, mm -hmm. and didn't really know much about him other than he said when he came on board, I've had like five or six assistants and it really has not worked out. So I'm very skeptical that this is going to be successful. So we really went through a process with him of, well, what worked and what didn't work? And we came, like it boiled down to, he was trying to find the assistant that he thought he should have based on what he thought success meant in an assistant versus what he actually needed. And so what we were able to find him, a super high visionary, very successful entrepreneur, but we were able to identify that he needed more like a mom type assistant. He needed someone to look out <laughs> for him. He needed someone to think. <laughs> he needed someone to look ahead on his calendar. He needed someone to remind him about his anniversary and about birthdays and about kids' soccer schedules and all the things and make sure that his time was protected. And Three months in, he came back to us and said, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this. If you would have told me this is the type of assistant that I needed, I would have laughed. But I did take a chance, and it is exactly what I needed, and I'm so happy that I tried it. So that is one of my favorite examples because, again, it goes back to sometimes we think we know what type of assistant we should have, but that's right. not always right. what we need. Um there's another one that I'm thinking about too. And he was a business coach and now he is, you know, one of the top in his organization. And, you know, I think well over seven figures now, but when he came on board, it's like, this isn't working. I, you know, I've been trying with assistants before. Um, you know, I don't know what's not working. I think I'm doing all these things. And as it turned out, he was delegating one thing at a time. And so, Every time he needed something done, he would ask for that to be done. And so we went through the process with him on the delegation work stuff, the delegation mastery on, mm -hmm. well, you really need to delegate this whole responsibility that has 12 tasks underneath of it. So you don't have to think about this whole bucket and your assistant brings it to you when there's an issue. And so by unlocking that piece for him, he was able to focus on the business development and taking on clients and just having hyper growth in his business because he was so focused on, well, I need this one flight booked. I need this one email sent. And so we were able to help him delegate full responsibilities instead. It's so, it's so funny. So you, you just shared, you know, two transformation stories, two success stories. And, you know, I talked about it in the beginning. You've already mentioned it a number of times. The emotional component of this. And you said, you know, this yes. one guy that we work with, you know, it turns out we had to get him assistant like, like who would kind of, you know, be like a mother for him. And I'm hearing that. It's how I did not expect you to say that, number one, you know. Um, but th honestly, that, that's a good. I have to commend you guys for assessing that need, you know, and it sounds like you kind of surprised him. He's like, wow, I had no idea this is the kind of person I needed. And I guess maybe he nobody wants to admit they need somebody like their mom working for them. But uh <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that, that, that well, and it's kind of weird to think about that, right? Right. Now, all right. So let me ask you. Let me. Uh, yeah. Uh, like off-topic question then. So, 
is is it hard today for you? Because you said helping him remind him of anniversaries and kids' soccer games and all that. Um, you know, are, are there assistants who don't want to get involved on the personal end of keeping somebody's calendar or schedule? Is that a conflict nowadays? I, I could imagine certain people, certain people, I don't want to deal with that. Is that hard to find an assistant who's good at that? So I think, well, with all of the assistants that we bring on board, mm-hmm. they are really looking for that relationship. They want to support someone completely, no matter how they need help. So for our company, our assistants get super excited about that. Um, I would say that in the more traditional, like corporate setting, you know, there are a lot of companies that will not pay for their leaders to have an assistant support them personally. But I would say all of our assistants, they get so excited about that. I mean, we booked family vacations and family flights. And a lot of times the assistants know the families and the wives really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just a lot of fun because with our company, what we focus on is supporting business coaches and entrepreneurs. And so there's this thought process that really came through for me a few years ago. It's not just work-life balance. There's like a work-life self component because Mm -hmm. to me, when I think about work and life, life to me is my family, my kids, and all the things, all the other things I'm responsible for. But there is a Jenna element to that. So when our clients come on board, they get really excited because we talk about, it doesn't matter where you need support, if it's work, life, or personally, because wherever you need support, is what's is the support that's going to make your business more successful because if you're struggling in any of those areas your business is going to be affected and so like for me my assistant is a life assistant she keep i mean she just ordered my family christmas pajamas yesterday <laughs> and that's a massive benefit <laughs> to me as a mom but because of that support i'm not late to meetings anymore i show up refreshed to meetings i i'm where i need to be and so our clients get really excited about that cuz they're like oh wait yeah, actually, if my family, you know, had better management or I had an assistant for all those things that I need to manage, I actually right. would be more productive at work. So unlocking that piece of it has been really helpful for our clients. I, I like the way you describe it where it's, you know, uh, they just really look at the bottom line success. And it's it's hard, let's face it, in 2022 to separate these things. And it, you need help, you know, exactly. wherever you need help, it's just common sense. Let's just do it. I have to ask one question. It's rather personal, but I'm going to ask it. So what is sure. the theme of the Christmas pajamas? <laughs> what, what Christmas pajamas did you order? Can you describe the Christmas pajamas? Yes, we went with uh, green plaid with so green with white and red plaid. Very nice. So everybody, the whole family's got I would. I would have loved... Yes. And I toned it down for my husband. I mean, I would have done full reindeer with, you know, the reindeer antlers and everything, but mm-hmm, I did that to mm-hmm. him last year. So this year we went, we went more plain. <laughs> okay. Get, take it easy on your husband on that one. Okay, good. Well, he was, he was a good sport last year. I like that. Um, all right, listen, this has been a great conversation. Like I said, somebody thinks delegation is not a sexy topic. Uh, you know what? I, I disagree. To me, it's not something you should do. It's something you must do, really, for, for business owners, managers, business coaches, et cetera. Um, so your, your last thought to somebody who's listening who's, I don't know if this is right for me. Uh, how do you convince them? What, what, what's your parting wisdom t- to get them to think about the value of delegating? Hmm. Until you grasp or until you start to delegate, 
you're doing the job, you're doing all of it. So actually, is that what I want to say? Oh my gosh, such a great question. What do I want to say? Take um, your time, no rush, no rush. Okay, convincing about delegating. You're doing all of those, like to the, to the degree that you can delegate, that's mm -hmm. the degree that you can grow as a leader and grow your business. So are you ready for the horsepower or do you want to keep being the horsepower all by yourself? I like that. I like that. I, I like the horsepower word. I like, I, I, I like that a lot. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's adding horsepower to the bottom line. It's helping you win the battle for business, which is what we do here on the Profit Express. Uh, Jenna Spencer, founder, Assist Pro and Delegation Works. Jenna's been a great conversation. I've personally had a lot of fun with it. Um, I probably have to call you honestly, and I'm not kidding because uh, I, I know I'm deficient in, in the topic, but we, we, that's another conversation. Um, people can follow you. <laughs> how, how, how can they follow you on social? How can they reach out to you, connect with you? How do they do that? Yeah. So assistpro.com is a great way to get in touch with us. You can also mm -hmm. go to delegationworks.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and all the places. Just search for me. Be happy sure. to talk. And thank you so much for this opportunity. It was so much fun. I love talking with you. <laughs> My pleasure. Likewise. And again, Jenna Spencer, founder, Assist Pro and Delegation Works, uh, the house of horsepower. God, I just love saying that. Jenna, thanks so much. And this is the Profit Express. And make sure to be on the lookout for great shows like today's show. Uh, every Wednesday they download. And you can follow me in the show on Instagram at the Profit Express, the Profit Express page on Facebook, uh, at Profit underscore Express on Twitter. And of course, the Profit Express YouTube channel. Give us a like and a subscribe and hit that bell. And until next week, do what you need to do, do what you must do, do what you have to do each and every day to continue to win the battle for business. Do something like delegating if you haven't done it before. If you know you're not good at it, delegation is a great way to help you win the battle for business. So until next time, this is the Profit Express. <laughs>